had to pray, Lord, open his eyes so that he may see. I want to talk to you today from the subject, don't be short-sighted. Don't be short-sighted. Let us pray. So God, we do thank you for allowing us to come together and to uh, praise your name, to give your name glory, to give your name honor, and to also just be apprised of what you have in store for us. So we bless your name, dear Father, and we give your name glory. So let these words that you've given me and the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight. For Lord, you are our strength and our redeemer. And the people of the church said, Amen. Let me tell y'all something before I give you this message. It is just as much for me as it is for you. I can't vouch for Pastor I as much. I know that some of it is for her as well, but she'll have to tell you that it was a message that was for her. But I will tell you that God sometimes deals with me in mysterious ways, and he said, go over and talk about don't be short-sighted. Don't be short-sighted. Like many of you, I have been going to the eye doctors for years. My ophthalmologist and I, uh, I, I can do big words, but I had to go to my medical expert and ask her, how do you pronounce it? And then as I was trying to spell it, I couldn't quite spell it right, so I had to use the spell checker to get the word ophthalmologist. And uh, O-P-T-H-A-L-M-O-L-O-G-I-S-T. And I went to the doctor this week, the eye doctor, and the eye doctor said, because I'm not going to use the O word anymore, the eye doctor said, your eyesight is very stable. Your vision is good. You have 20-20, and your eye pressures are good. In other words, I can see y'all, and I can see very well, I might add. The only reason I wear these glasses is so that I can see the fine print, Sister Dear. Because I can't really read the fine print. That's why back in the day when we weren't using these machines, I would make sure that all of our written material that we preached from was written in huge fonts. So she would go down to like 12 and could see that little tiny stuff. And I'd be like, oh, no, we got to do 24. Something out of this world, you know. <laughs> it was because I had short-sightedness. But let me turn this around just a bit and talk to you on the spiritual side of things. So let me talk about spiritual short-sightedness. Or for lack of a better terms, I call it through the old cliche, y'all know it, but we can't see the forest for the trees. Uh, y'all know that, that, that this is a message I've said just as much for 
mean as it is for you because sometimes I don't see the forest for the trees. And I consider myself a strategic visionary, but sometimes, well, y'all know how we can be, and I emphasize the word we. Amen, somebody. You see, as I was researching this topic, I found out that spiritual short-sightedness, when related to our flesh, comes about when we have a lack of discernment in thinking and planning. It's also called spiritual myopia, or myopia. Which one is it? Myopia. Okay, I had to go to my medical expert. She's, she's still got it in her head. She might be a preacher, but she, she's got that in her head. Spiritual myopia. And I also, in my research, I found various authors, Sister Leona, and various theologians, and even what God himself was saying that we need to say to you today, and that is that we tend to experience spiritual myopia, spiritual short-sightedness, because we focus and struggle on so long on the pain and we focus on the injustice yeah. in our lives. So much so that our hope has become blurred and right. destroyed. Right. Didn't God say the word today was hope? We struggle, we struggle, we, we concentrate on it. We look at the pain so much that our hope becomes blurred and destroyed, distorted. I may not get a whole lot of amens today, but I need to ask you some questions. Okay. Is there anybody here who's ever had their hope for a better day dashed, diluted, or even decreased because of spiritual short-sightedness? On your part or on somebody else's part? Because it ain't always our fault. Or did your spiritual eyesight, your vision for the future, your plans, your special insights using your spiritual eyesight for spiritual growth and development become blurred or distorted? Amen. I'm not done. I got a few more questions. Let me ask you this. Did any of you get tired of hoping? You got tired of hoping for the better. You got tired of hoping for a brighter day. And at the same time, you found out that you just had to wait on God because you had to be a prisoner of hope. Y'all can be real in here with me. Today. In fact, I, I read Brother Sotan a short article from Focus Ministries that said, it this way, spiritual short sightedness or nearsightedness, which is what the New American Standard Bible uh, uses, the diagnosis of it shows up in side effects such as bitterness. Sometimes I find myself being bitter. So I ask you the same question, have you ever found yourself being bitter. 
bitter instead of better. And this is dealing with the times and the things in your life. Have you found yourself being bitter or better? Or, or as a result, have you found yourself falling into negative thinking? How about the loss of perspective? You know, the reason why we are here, to serve God and to serve others. But have you found that you've lost that perspective every now and then? Did you find yourself becoming spiritually short-sighted such that you could only see what is immediately in front of you? Well, let me put it this way. You can only see what's right under your spiritual nose. Let me go a little deeper. Only what's important to you. Y'all can be real. You can be real. And did you focus? I know I got a lot of questions, but God was telling me to ask, did you focus on things that were fleshly, things that were worldly, things that were earthly, things that were temporary, or even physical? I'm not trying to hurt anybody's feelings. In fact, if the shoe you got to wear it and say out and amen. But let me tell you, my feelings in talking to God during this was also being hurt. Because like God pointed out to me that if it hurts my feelings, that it really does sometimes, we must learn how he wants us to look beyond our issues. Look and then hear from him and do what will be required for us to have vision for the future while following exactly what he wants us to do. I know I said a mouthpiece. So why do you say all of this, Pastor Keith Brown? It's because God is telling me that we, all of us, in bold capital letters, get into the here and the now, every now and then. Am I right about it? Uh, We go about our daily living with no vision for the future. And some of us put God in the rear view mirror. We are easy to get off track. We are easy to, to let us have it. And, and God is in the rearview mirror at that point. But the Bible says in Proverbs 29 and 18 that without vision, the people perish. So in my research, I found more commentary. And as I analyzed them and added my own thoughts to it and beliefs, they They say that the cure for this spiritual myopia is a daily dose of gratitude for what you have instead of focusing on what you lost. Did you hear me? We've got to focus on what we still have in our hands. Focus on what we got but not on 
but we're lost. Let me add some words to it. It's not just general gratitude either, but we must focus on a daily dose of gratitude for how God has blessed us. Amen. Gratitude for how God has kept us. Yes. Gratitude for God, how, how God has never left us. Gratitude for how God moved us through thick and thin. Amen. Gratitude for how God has lifted us when we were down, no matter how far down we were. Gratitude for how God has blessed us in the midst of our short-sightedness before him. Come on, somebody, give God a minute with a praise for gratitude on how he kept us and he never left us. You see, some of us concentrate on what we had and lost, and amen, I'm guilty sometimes. Some focus on what we didn't get when God was passing out those special blessings. And secretly holding it against God because he didn't do what we wanted him to do. I don't know if that's going on in here. I'm just telling you what I know happens in the world. That's why the apostle Paul said in Philippians 4, 11 through 13, to learn to be content. For it says that we are to keep our lives free from the love of money. And be content with what you have. Amen. For he said, I will never leave you, he being God, or forsake you. For I, Paul says, I have learned in whatever situation I'm in, I've got to be content. I know how to be brought low. And I know how to have plenty. And abound and much. Got to be content. And like the song says, be patient because God is not through with me yet. The Bible says in 6 and 9 of that, uh, I believe Philippians 6 and 9, that we, we could not become weary. Maybe I'm off on the scriptures. Galatians 6 and 9. I knew this what I meant to write. That we were not to become weary in doing good. For because, as the New Living Translation says, for just at the right time, we will reap a harvest of blessing. I'm taking my time because I want you to hear it. If we just don't give up. We want to give up, let me tell you. Sometimes we really want to give up. But we will reap a harvest. That's what the word says. Of blessings. If we just don't give up. So, Brother CJ, you know I love to tell you some stories. Let me tell you, I was in here on Thursday. And I sat in this sanctuary where some of you are sitting right now. Yes, I was here, just me, and just God. Amen. 
just me and just God. And you know, one of my buddies told me he was had he had it out with God once when he was he got a sickness that he didn't realize he had. He thought he might actually lose his life behind it. He said he, he had to have a, a real talk with God. And so I had to have a real talk with God. I, and I discussed with God how I felt in this church and all how I felt about all the good people in it. And that sometimes trying to reach our goals and plans that we believe that he gave to us seem overwhelming. And then right while I was telling God all of how I felt about what has gone, not gone, according to my plans. Uh -huh. Or even to Pastor Iantha's plans. Uh -huh. And how much everything that we thought we were planning to do seemed to go wrong. Didn't God remind me while I was sitting right in here with just him? that this thing ain't about y'all. Plain as day. It ain't about you. It ain't about me. It ain't about us. It's about him. That's why this church is here. That's why you have to preach. That's why you got to play. That's why Everybody's got to come and do their part. Because it ain't about y'all. And it certainly ain't about the pastors. It's about him. And then he reminded me of how much we talk about what may have gone wrong. But we need to focus more on what has gone right. And they were according to his plans at that. Okay, so since we were talking, and his thoughts and his ways and plans are much higher than mine, I told God, please forgive my short-sightedness. Because while I'm in my short-sightedness, and I'm losing hope, I I sometimes focus like other humans on negative things that have gone on. So I pray like we pray sometimes, Lord, help my unbelief. And I pray for you all, every one of you in here, all of y'all who get us out there on social media, all across the world, I pray for all of you. And I prayed for me Jesus. and Pastor I. Jesus. 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 Lord, please help us Bless in our unintentional short-sightedness. Did you hear that Bless word? Unintentional. That's why we can apologize Jesus. for things that we might say or do. Because it was all, if it was a misunderstanding, it was unintentional. It's not intentional. But aren't we all humans? 
And humans commit sins. And sins are mistakes. And mistakes can be taken to God daily in prayer. And what do we do with them? Ask him for forgiveness. I hope I got some witnesses out there. Okay, so I, I prayed, Pastor I, for more clear vision. After some of those many night conversations that we've had about this church and about our ministry. And I should say about God's ministry because this ain't ours. It's his. So we pray for more clear vision and for God to help me to see and help her to see and not be short-sighted in some areas. But this is serious business to your pastors. And God has put us under our charge from him to help you to see and not be spiritually myopic in some areas as well. Here's what I also did, CJ. I prayed back to God the first gospel song that I learned to play on the piano. Brother Zoltan, that was We Come This Far by Faith. Leaning on the Lord. Learned to play it with two fingers. That was how I learned it. And I prayed that back to him. And I told him how all my life you have been faithful, Sister Amen. Amen. And that I have trusted in your holy word. And because of this, you've never, ever failed me yet. And let me tell you something, I began to get all happy in my soul. I began to praise God because the chorus of the song says, Oh, 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 I can't turn around because I've come this far by faith. I don't know about you, but I've come this far by faith. And let me tell you something else. As I prayed for you, too, every single one of you, as I told you, you here, you on social media, and wherever else we seem to be found, because I'm not the only one who exhibits short-sightedness, we all do. So we have to do a Romans 3 and 23 where we realize that all of us Amen. have sinned. Amen. And all of us have come short yeah. of the glory of God. All of us, not some of us, all of us, no matter what state we're in, no matter what circumstance we're in, all of us. And here is my one and only point for this sermon. We've got to see as God sees. Oh, my Lord. Come on, Pastor Keith. We've got to see as God sees. Amen. And you may be asking me now, Pastor, how do we do that? Well, 
My eye doctor, as I told you, say, keep on taking your eye drops. In other words, to see as God sees, we must use the prescriptions that God wants us to use. That means we got to keep taking his medicines. Deeper level meaning doing his commands. So we can see more spiritually. Y'all want to see spiritually, don't you? Amen. I know you do. I know you do. We got to take the prescriptions found in his word. Whenever and whatever way you can. Sometimes you got to get it off your phone. Sometimes you got to go to your hard Bible. Sometimes you got to get on spiritual radio. Whatever way you can get it. That's what you need to do. We got to take his confirmations in the spirit that we may not even see coming. But somebody will come along and they will confirm those words to you because you are a believer. And be ready to remove all short-sightedness, short-sighted attitudes from our lives in particular, no matter how we feel. Because, you know, we can get into our feelings. Yeah. Yeah. Now, I know you were wondering, how is this all related to the text? Well, let me tell you. I'm going to go to the text, and I'm not going to be much longer. Go ahead. Here we find Elisha, the double anointed prophet of God. Come on now. In a situation where some around him could not see that they were exhibiting spiritual myopia. They couldn't see the forest for the trees. And although Elisha didn't support the corrupt kings of Israel, he had discerned that it would be even worse for Israel to be placed under Syrian rule. So therefore, he gave the king of Israel some that divinely inspired intelligence from Fred. You know, intelligence that this information that made the Syrian king all mystified that Israel somehow knew all of Syria's plans beforehand. He believed strongly that there was a traitor. This, this king believed strongly that there was a traitor among his group and and thought that that was the only way Elisha could have known and was had all that information revealed to him about serious plans. And so we go to verses 14 through 17, and Elisha sees what God sees. And it shows up in the form of spiritual protection. The story goes that Syria sent horses chariots and a large army and they came in by night and they surrounded the city where Elisha and his people were. And one of Elisha's servants said, uh, let me go out here early in the morning and just look around. And he got out there and he saw this vast army all around the city. So immediately he got fearful. He wanted to know from Elisha, the doubly anointed prophet, what shall we do? 
We are in trouble. What we going to do? We are losing it. What are we going to do? I don't know what we're going to do. What we going to do? Well, people of God, sometimes God will allow you to see what only looks like the short end of the stick. Some of you may like the analogy where, you know, you get the short straw or you get the short toothpick because that's how your life may seem to be going. But as God often does for his short-sighted believers, he lets it be known that there is no need for fear. No need for fear because there are more with us than those who are against us. More with us. Mike can't see them all. But they're here. Mike can't feel them all. But they're here. Mike don't know where they're coming from, but they're here. Because this ain't about us. It's all about him. And so Elisha then prayed, open his eyes, Lord, the servant's eyes, so that he may see. And suddenly, I love these suddenlies in the Bible. Suddenly this short-sighted servant saw the mountain around him, all filled with an overwhelming number of horses Amen. and chariots. And an angelic host and and and, and uh, servant spiritual sort sightedness dissipated. Amen. It went away. Why? Because he came to the realization that God was already and always Amen. standing by. People of God, let me tell you, we must believe and trust him no matter what. That he is always standing by. We must be in eternal hope that he is always standing by. And we must always know that it ain't what it looked like. That God is standing by. And not only will he stand by, but he will bless you in the process. Thank you, Lord. You see, if God has made it so that one sees as he does, it means that his sight is validated. While the others who don't see or have the wrong perception of what is really going on, they don't, they don't get it, in other words. God gets it. And to his believers, his followers, those who hold on to him no matter what, those are the ones that he will open their eyes so that they can see. There's a theologian in, in my haste that I missed his first name, but his last name is Morgan. Morgan said that faith is never an imagining of unreal things. It's the grip of things which cannot be demonstrated to the senses. We can't feel it. We don't see it. We, we can't touch it. But it is real. So the chariots of the horses and the fire were actually there. 
those other folk couldn't see it. But God was there. So Morgan says, he goes on to say in our prayer phase for understanding that the fact that you have not perceived it, those spiritual things, that they may be true in your life. But that doesn't mean that there are no spiritual things that are already there. Let me break it down further. The fact that we don't see it. The fact that we don't see that God is working. Even in this house when we go off the deep end and we don't see where God is working. Does not mean that he is not at work. It does not mean just because we can't, just because the pastors can't sit, just because you can't sit, does not mean God is not at work. I hope you all heard now. I hope you heard me. So the bottom line to the text is that the Lord granted Elijah's servant the spiritual sight he needed to see God's overwhelming army standing ready to win the battle. But his enemies couldn't see it, Sister Bonnie. Sometimes the road will be rough. Sometimes the going will be tough. Sometimes we will lose hope. Sometimes we will be very short-sighted and we'll say and do things that will impact negatively in our vision process. But let me tell you something. God is sovereign. And in his wisdom, he wants us to just trust him and follow him. And love him so that we will get through our short-sightedness to perfect vision perceptions. Like in this story, we will see God standing by in the spirit and our enemies will not. That's a shouting point right there. That God is standing by. That God is here delivering sight to us even when we're blinded. That God will pick us up and carry us where we need to go as long as we keep our eyes on him. He sent his son Jesus Christ to let us know that if we keep our eyes focused on him, that we can be saved, that one day all of this earthly world and stuff will go all right on out where it's supposed to go to hell in a handbasket. But we who are believers will know that Jesus the Christ has saved us and we can spend eternity in heaven. We won't have to be short-sighted because we'll be able to give God glory and give him honor and give him praise and give him thanks for all that he has done. So my word to you today is don't be short-sighted. 